Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Good morning, all you crazy duck hunters. We're back with the MVM show. I don't know if you guys are getting as pumped as we are, but me and Travis and Thomas cannot stop talking about duck hunting. It's that time of year, and uh, you know it's still hot outside. Don't uh, don't be fooled by that. We've got 110 temperatures for the next 10 days. It's a little depressing, but we know duck season's just around the corner. And today I have a guest on all the way from Virginia. Uh, Patrick, how are you this morning? Good, good. I'm glad to be on here. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Excited. I was telling you last night we can sit here and uh, we could talk about duck hunting. Uh, we don't have to really have a topic. Just say duck hunting and then we can figure something out. That's the truth. Always on the mind. Yep. And I'm excited because we have a topic today that I think a lot of you are interested in because there's a lot of us that have not got to shoot a black duck or even see one flying around in the wild and that's what we're going to talk about today and so we're looking forward to that and just some other things about duck hunting but first before we do patrick why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself um so uh i started duck hunting when i was in high school uh probably my junior senior year right when i could first start driving and i actually i never really had a mentor i, I hunted my whole life with my grandfather my dad um but we all would always uh bear hunt or deer hunt and coon hunt and stuff like that but no wing shooting mm. and uh i went on a dove hunt for the first time and i was like man this, this is awesome i love shooting stuff out of the air <laughs> and so i was like what can i do after the doves are gone i mean there's got to be something and uh, i picked up duck hunting and honestly youtube 
at the beginning taught me how to duck hunt. Mm. I mean, I was terrible at blowing a duck call at first. Learned everything from from YouTube, and then just kind of progressed from there. And then, uh, man, I hated picking up decoys, and that's kind of how I started uh, decoped. We we were always drawing straws on who had to go pick up decoys because we we like to use the kill grabber decoy style weights, and we would always use slotted bags. Uh, and so we hated hated picking up decoys. And I was like, there's got to be something better out there. Um, was that, have to was that because it was cold? Yeah, so cold? because yeah. it was cold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, having to pick up decoys with, with an ice heater going, we just didn't like to do that. Mm, yeah, I bet. And, yeah. So uh, we designed our, our weights to, to where you didn't have to take your gloves off to to put your your weights on your keels. And that, that's just kind of where we, where we came from. That's awesome, and that and that's also what we wanted to bring in, guys. Is his Patrick's company decupped? Um, <clears throat> we've been using them since last year, and we really like them. In fact, um, he's sending more out this year, and we're going to use them on uh, Travis. Is going to rig Travis's up, but we've got, I think, we got like four or five dozen, I believe, right of your uh, mm -hmm. your weights and your setup. So tell us, uh, tell us real quick about. Well, tell us where they can find you on social media. So you have a website, and then what's your social media? Um, so on Instagram, it's decup underscore outfitter. And on Facebook and Twitter, it's just decups for the social media. Okay, and then your website's decup.com? Yep. Okay. Yep, you can just find us on the internet like that. Yeah, and, and it's a really good product, guys. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Patrick? You do a better job than me. Okay, so um, it's... It's more of a, a T-style weight, and uh, so it basically has a, uh, a hook for your finger and a hook for the keel. Um, we, we designed a bungee system because all, everybody else has the, just the rubber or the plastic mm -hmm. bungee, and when it gets cold, it snaps. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a pain to even rig up on your decoys. Um, so one of the cool things that we did, uh, we, we made ours out of stainless steel clips and um, and uh bungee cords nylon bungee cords so they're not going to break uh another design that we added uh to our to our bungee system was a stainless steel clip on the end so now you can rig this is what we do anyway we can we can rig all of our decoys up with our bungee system and so teal season's coming in mm -hmm. for us in, next month and so we're going to take all of our uh, weights off our diver decoys, which is just un unsnapping a clip and snapping them on our teal yep. decoys. Yep. Just so you don't have to rig up every single decoy with weights. You're saving a ton of money. You're yep. still getting the same quality. Because we're, I mean, there's, you can't hunt divers now. Um, even in our early season in October and November, there's not really any divers here. So we can throw them on our teal decoys and, and vice versa. So after September goose is out, we'll take our our uh, weights off our September geese decoys and, and throw them on our divers or our mallards or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's just a simple snap. So it, it's rigging up all your decoys for a few dollars, which, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. That's a great idea. And do you do you use those snap swivels too? Like I use the fish and the three ones. Uh, is that what you use to clip and unclip yours, or how do you do it? Yeah, there's snaps. There's no swivels on them. It's just uh, you, you have a loop 
on one end with the stainless steel clip so it's never going to rust underwater or anything like that. You tie your decoy line to that, and on the other end you have a, a stainless steel snap, and it just snaps onto your weight, and and that's how it works. So it's just an easy, quick little snap, just like kind of like a fishing, uh, a, a bigger size fishing snap, swivel snap. Okay, yeah, that's that's basically exactly how I did, did mine. And two guys listening to this right now, okay, um, and I didn't tell you this, Patrick, yet. I kind of told you something different last night. But what we're going to do is this is releasing on Monday, and we are going to run a discount code for this. Working with, uh, We've been working with him since last year, so we used them all through the season. They still look brand new. It's looked like you never used them. And we're going to give you guys a code here on the podcast. I know some of you bleed over and listen to the YouTube channel as well. But there is a video that went out today on our channel, Mid-Valley Mercenaries. You guys can go check it out. If you want to look closer at this product, his product's going to be on there. And you can see it in detail with the decoys and how it works and just more about it. So there's going to be a code on there for a discount. Uh, and then there's going to be one just for the podcast. They, they don't work together. So you can just put in whatever one you want if you listen to you decide not to even watch that video, but the code uh, MVM1 is going to be for the podcast. So put in that code. You guys get 10% off on that stuff. If you guys need to rig up your decoys, it's getting really close. Um, if you guys don't um, till hunt, it's not as close for you, but it's still pretty close way. It's a lot better than it was when season ended. That's for sure. So MVM1 for 10% off and we'll, We'll just run that for about a week, I guess, right, Patrick? Yeah. That sound good? Okay, so Monday Monday to Monday, you guys can get in there and get that, and that's that's when that will shut down. So trust me, like I said, all our decoys are rigged with it. We love it. And you can check out the video if you want to see more about it. So I got a question for you, Patrick. What, what do you say to people that – because I, I know this is what's going to happen probably in that video because, you know, everybody's got their own style. In their own way, they rig their decoys, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially depending on where you're hunting at, what part of the country, what style, how deep the water, all that good stuff. What do you say to people that say, I, I only use Texas rigs, you know? That's, you know, what, what, do you, what do you say to them just as a businessman? I'm just curious, not that you're trying to change their mind, but what, what advantages do you say, well, this product has over like a Texas rig system? Um, well, as a businessman, I'd say, well, we sell those too, but as someone who pr prefers Texas rigs, um, I honestly, I like to, I like to keep my decoys nice and I don't think you can really do that using Texas rigs. I don't think you can keep the paint and just the realism of the decoy, um, that nice. I mean, from the truck bed to carrying them out into the field. It's just they're going to get beat up. Yep. Um, another thing is what aggravates me the most is whenever you're trying to get set up, you may be late, you may be on time, and it's just untangling decoys mm -hmm. or untangling anything that just that doesn't go right. It's just taking extra time, not working well for you, and you're not going to get that with a, with a kill grabber. Mm -hmm. um, T-cell weight like we have, it's just it's going to be a simple – unclip the decoy and and throw it out you're not going to have to fight all of your your dozens of decoys mm. to get untangled to throw out and that's that's the main reason why we use the keel grabber weights is just we don't like untangling decoys and mm. we like to keep them nice 
That's exactly yeah. why we, we use that because it is nice. I've I've hunted with people that have Texas rig and I've done Texas rig myself and it is nice just clip, 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 clip when you're done. But like you said, those mm -hmm. things are constantly rubbing, constantly scratching against each other and it just takes about one season and they are really messed up. And yeah, you can repair them and repaint them and do stuff like that and that and like i said i'm not trying to change anybody's mind i just i've been using slotted decoy bags for several years and it just feel like besides them fading from sitting out in the sun which is just naturally going to happen you know mm -hmm. they do stay nice for a lot longer i will i will say that so but anyways let's get into a little bit of uh some hunting i want to know what is the secret? Tell us about black decks, man. I want that's one on the bucket list to shoot. And um, there's what? By the way, what is your limit? Is it two in Virginia for it's black two decks? this year? Okay. Yeah, they flirt from one to two. Um, it it was one a couple of years ago, and then they bumped it up to two, and they just uh, they follow the numbers on it. Yeah, is, is the, what I think they do. But it's it's two this year, uh, and it was two last year as well. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, man, they're fun. They're a blast. They, we, they're closed in our first, uh, four day season that we have in October, but they're really not around here anyway. We, they don't really show up, uh, to my part of Virginia, at least until later into January, um, in our last third split. And, uh, it, it seems like for me, we always kill them when moving water. I don't know what it is about it, but small creeks, rivers, um, that's just where they seem to like to be. Mm. Um, yeah, they kind of work like mallards as far as calling and everything else. But, yeah, they're, they're a blast to get after. I've heard that they are a little bit more literary than mallards. Is, have you noticed that, or is that just kind of a false... Uh, I haven't noticed it. Um, if anything, they're, they're a little bit easier for us. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, so mallards seem to give us a, a harder time, at least on on the rivers and creeks and stuff like that. But I don't know if, if we're just where the black ducks want to be, and that's why it's easier for us. But it's it seems to be easier to pull those in. Hmm. Do you think they're, um, as far as... Like say when a when a pair is coming in, or is it easy to tell the Drake? I mean, because low light is probably pretty tough to tell the Drake versus the hen, huh? Yeah, I would say low light. It, it's it's up there near impossible um, until they get right in your face. Mm -hmm. um, but but once the sun gets up, it and they give you a few swing passes. It's it's pretty. You you can tell most of the time. So it, it's it's not too hard to pick them out. Mm. How many, I mean, maybe this is something I shouldn't ask, but, like, how many do you guys think you shoot a year? I mean, are you doing pretty well for yourselves? Or, I mean, obviously, you can only shoot two apiece, but... Two a day, yeah. I mean... Um, I didn't... I would say last year, between me and the guys I hunt with, we, we probably killed, I would say anywhere from 40 to 50 black ducks. Wow. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. I mean, if you do the math mm -hmm. and just regular duck hunting. Yeah, we had – our winter wasn't as cold as it has been in years past. And, and typically, we kill more on, on the colder years mm. just because it will, you know, concentrate them on the on the rivers and, and creeks where we seem to find them more often. But 
No, we had we had a good year. We we found a couple new holes that that seemed to hold them in there, and we got lucky. Huh. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And they're and they're they're a little bit bigger than a mallard, correct? Yes. Yeah, they are. They are. So I'm wondering if yeah, that we, one you can. Once you you're used to a, seeing them, can you tell the dirt like when in the air, even if it's dark, you can almost tell. Just uh, yeah, night and day. Really, you can tell the difference. Yeah, we we were uh, we'd actually it was it was one morning at the end of last year. We had limited on black ducks, and, and that that's all we had saw all morning. And uh, we were like, well, should we pick up? Should we wait for mallard? Like, no, let's let's go ahead and get out of here, and then come back because the black ducks are still flying good. And we're like, well, we don't want to blow this out completely. We may be able to come back tomorrow in the next couple of days and, and scratch out a couple couple of moments of black ducks then. And right as we started uh, to pick up decoys, we had a, a group of black ducks swing around, and everybody was like, there's a mallard in there. Let's wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, we may be able to get one more. They didn't, they didn't end up coming in. But it was still, you could tell. It was awesome. You could, you could, it was a, a pair, a drake and a hen. You could even tell the hen compared to the other black ducks. You can tell the difference in the air. Wow. They're just so much bigger, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do they got a different, like, look? Okay, you know, when, when let's just say it is dark, but when the birds are flying, you can just tell the difference between how the body shape and the flight of a pintail and a widgeon and a mallard. Is that is that the same way with the black duck? You can just see just kind of the way they flap their wings and how they fly. They got their own uh, way? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're just so black. I mean, I guess that's the... The easiest way to to tell it's like oh yeah black ducks mm. you know it's they do have a little little difference in a mallard I mean to me I can kind of pick it out but I wouldn't say uh, a, a whole lot typically gotcha now what's your guys's what's your typical bag look like I'm just curious like I and mean, what's the total amount of birds that you can shoot is it like four or six or it's six, but our, our mallard limit's only two. We yeah. can only kill one drake and one hen mallard. That started last year. You can't but kill our, two drakes? Bag, well, yeah, you can kill two okay, drakes. Okay, but just but it, one it, hen yeah, max. One hen. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, but our bag limit, it typically changes every year, and I, I, I believe it's just the migration because we, we'll diver hunt or we'll goose hunt or we'll chase black ducks or – whatever we, we seem to find when we're scouting. So, I mean, last year it was black ducks and divers. And so our, our, our limit or our bag limit last year would be uh, two black ducks and then divers and mo- mainly buffleheads on the diver end. Okay. And then the year before that, it just seemed to be geese everywhere. Yeah. Um, we didn't, we didn't, we had last year, we really didn't seem to get the mallards in that we usually do. Um, I don't know if it was what the deal was with that, but yeah, so it, it changes. Um, I know three years ago it was like we only kill gadwalls. And then the year after that, we didn't even see a gadwall all year. Mm. And so mm. it's crazy. It's just whatever's around yep. is what we'll go after. Yeah. And you know what? That's, uh, that's basically how it, it is everywhere, I believe, you know. It's like last year yeah. here in California, I just felt like there was so much more widgeon than there's been in a long time. It's like widgeon all just the last two months of the season, just so many widgeon. It was unbelievable. 
And a lot mm-hmm. of other hunters I talked to, they said the same thing. You know, they were around a lot more last year, uh, 2019 season, than they were in a long time. And I love, you know, I love hunting widgeon. I love how pretty they are. I love their whistle. I just, it's, it's just fun hunting widgeon. And uh, they seem to decoy good and stuff like that. But, you know, it's always, every year is different. You know, the year before that was just wads and wads of teal and, it's just every year, every year, you know, you never know what's different. But what I'm curious of, and I don't know how you guys keep track of it other than keeping the reg book right in your hip pocket, is all the splits that you guys have. It's crazy because people always tell you guys are so lucky in California. You know, once it starts, it don't stop till this. And I agree, you know, until I started hunting out of the state, I didn't realize how many places have all this splits and and. I, I don't know what state's the worst, and I don't mean worse like talking bad about it, you guys, whatever the state, but, mm-hmm. you know, I know Lu- Louisiana and uh, who else? I, I think Texas has a lot of splits and a few of those uh, Midwest states, but tell us how you're, like, for this year, what's your split look like? And it's just spl- explain it in detail so some people that don't know about that can hear about how many different things you have for what. Okay, so we're going to... Uh, it'll start out with September goose. Uh, happens at, at the beginning of September, and you can hunt geese. I think it's from the first to the twenty-fifth, and we have zones for that. So um, each zone, there's three zones in Virginia, I believe, and and each one will have its um, different bag limits, and uh, that's 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 pretty much it for the September goose. And then September teal comes in uh, east of ninety-five. I believe it starts on the 17th of September and then west of 95, it starts on the 22nd of September um, just for green wing teal and the bag ones are the same six uh, blue or green wing teal. And then it comes to uh, our October season, which is a four day split and uh, four days. Kill geese then. That's it. Yep. Just four days. Yep. Typically it's a Friday to Monday. Okay. Um, deal so you can't can't kill geese during those four days and you can't kill black ducks but everything else is in um uh they did something different with the the bluebills this year um i believe the scalp uh but then our november season comes in and that's when you can kill geese uh and it still has different uh bag limits for the zone you're in i believe it's one on the atlantic and basically everywhere else it's it's five per day. Um, and everything's in. I mean, you can kill three wood ducks, uh, two mallards, one pintail, two black ducks. Everything's got it. Pretty much everything besides gadwall and teal um, and wedging. You can kill as many wedging as you want then as well as it's, as it's own. And then um, there's two weeks there in November. And then after that, you have um, – about the middle of December to the end of January. Um, and that's our main chunk uh, of duck season. Mm-hmm. And then geese will stay in from that December through uh, February 24th, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a, like, you need the reg book in your lab if you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't have it memorized. This year was the first year they did a split um, on a bag limit. I, I believe is one of the divers, I think it was scalp, that uh, you can kill 
one in the November split or one in the uh, December split, but not the other or something like that. It, it was weird. I hadn't hadn't seen a split season like that before and a change in numbers at bag limits, but hmm. yeah, it's, it's a lot to keep up with. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, but you know what? Like it's funny. You say you got to have in your pocket or just memorize it, and you've already got it pretty much memorized. But I mean, in yeah. all in all yeah. reality, though, you still I'm sure keep it close by because you double check and recheck. Okay, let's make sure we don't have issues. We don't overshoot something. We don't shoot something on a day we're not supposed to. And that's that's some we talk about going out of state too. Is huge. Is before you go to that area, you know, check out the regs and check out the bag limits and check out the days you're allowed to hunt, and not to hunt, because you do not want to get yourself in trouble. I we talked about the before, you know, I don't know the repercussions of certain things, you know, more so it's just a fine for shooting a bird out of season, but there would be nothing mm -hmm. worse in the world than getting your hunting license revoked for the season at, you know, it'd be the most, probably the worst thing I've ever <laughs> dealt with in my yeah. life for just something so easy as to look in the reg book and make sure you're doing what's right. You know? Yeah, that's, it's, that would be terrible. But I guess since ours is so uh, so strict and you need to keep up with all the moving parts on it, we go down to North Carolina and hunt every year because their their seasons tend to come in a week before ours, so we get we can sneak in three extra weeks to hunt down there. And I just because ours is so strict, we're always like, all right, we can do this, this here, and this, this, and this. yeah. So, yeah you said South help. Carolina, uh, North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. Okay, North Carolina. yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. So tell us about um, tactics. What ta kind of tactics do you use when you're hunting black ducks? Like um, as far so, as decoys and just how you set up and how many decoys and what kind of decoys? Uh, we use the Avian X, the, the flocked black ducks. I love them. Uh, I, I believe that's the best looking black duck on the market. Um, so we do that. We typically uh, are those the fully flocked, like the fully flocked ones, floaters. Yeah, they're fully fully flocked floaters, except okay. for the head on the drakes. They're not flocked, but mm. yep, um, they're they almost fully flocked. But yep, love those. Uh, we kind of just replicate what we found that day. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we may throw a few more just because like to look at more decoys sometimes, but uh, yeah, we'll. We'll put some on a jerk rig. Uh, we typically we don't use mojos when we hunt black ducks. Uh, don't, just has, hasn't seemed to help. We don't really hunt with mojos a whole lot anyway, mm -hmm. uh, unless we're going for teal and stuff like that. But uh, don't really use mojos. And it, it seems to be a lot of the times when we're uh, hunting black ducks, we're hunting divers. So we'll have a, a, a bigger rafted up group of divers further out. And then... Uh, closer into us, the black ducks, to where, like I said, a lot of the times we're hunting them in current and uh, just hump the wind, and, and that seems to help us out a lot. Yeah. Wind's always a, is a good thing. So you said you're basically always in moving water pretty much for the most part when you're hunting black ducks? It, it seems that way. I mean, mm -hmm. we've, we've flood a, a millet field and uh, a corn field as well. And mm. We just don't get them in there as much as... We do when we're just out scouting around, mm. on seeing them on creeks and rivers. That's just 
how we find them. So, yeah, most of the time we find them in moving, shallow moving water. Do you guys spend a lot of time scouting, or is it something you seem like you can find birds pretty easy in your area, or do you guys put a lot of miles on the road? Oh, man, we put a lot of miles on the road. We we probably scout twice as much as we actually do hunt. So <laughs> yeah. we'll – yeah, so we'll – We'll hunt in the mornings, and then uh, after that, we'll go scout. Luckily, I have to. I work in the afternoon. So last year, we have obviously 60 days to hunt. Last year, I believe we hunted 57 of them. Nice. And then, yeah, so I'm fortunate to do that. Mm, that's and then cool. the other three, we were spent, yeah. The other three, we, we scouted. We always have a, a Christmas morning hunt, which is always fun. So That's always a good memory uh, to make. It is. It is. <laughs> Traditions. Especially I love this kind of. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we scout a lot. Um, it's it's tricky here as as far as scouting, just because the the rivers, a lot of them, it's it's hard to scout because uh, they don't really run near the roads. Right. You have to get out in a boat and, and things of that nature, and uh, just putting putting the boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not really. As far as public land, you're going to be on a river or the lake here. Uh, there's not really any wildlife management areas for ducks in the part mm. of Virginia that I'm in, which is a little upsetting. Um, like for some things to change with that, but mm. yeah, just we do a ton of scouting. So you said you started duck hunting when you were like 16, you said? Something like that? Yeah, 16 or 17. How, uh, how old yeah. are you right now? I'm just 25. Okay. So you've been hunting for a while. You guys, so man, that is so awesome that you can hunt that much. 57 days out of 60. That's, that's like duck commander style right there, man. You guys are staying in it. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I wish we were just talking about that last night, me and Travis, we wish that we could hunt in California every, every single day. Not that I could hunt every day, maybe, but just have the option to, you know, because when we go out of state and other trips, most of the places you can do that. And it's just like, that's like, that's like a duck hunter's dream come true when you can go whenever you want to go. And it's not just like, Oh, I can only go on Wednesday, Saturday and Sunday, which let me, let me say that by, and I know the guys that hunt on the river systems out here, they're screaming at me. Yeah, you can hunt the Delta. You can hunt the river system. So you, I guess you can hunt seven days a week out here, but you got, you do got to have a boat. And if you don't have that, that's definitely out of the picture, um, but we're working on that. So, but that's cool, man. Just just to have the opportunity alone with your work uh, style to mm-hmm. be able to do that. Yeah, and and we're lucky here. You can hunt on Sundays, uh, basically anywhere as long as you have uh, written permission on private land, which is every day, and then you can even hunt all the public waters as well on Sunday, which is nice. I think you have to be like 150 yards from a church, but there's not too many churches where we duck hunt. So hmm. that's well, funny to hear the there. rules. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. <clears throat> I don't want to bring in something kind of negative, but it's only negative if you look at it that way. What's What's Virginia been like with with all the coronavirus and all that stuff? Has they Is everybody wearing masks too, or do you just kind of a little bit more freelancing it down there? No, you gotta. You have to wear a mask if you go into a public place. Um, it seemed like at first they were relaxing and everything was up back up, and then they got a little bit stricter. Um, or the restaurants seemed to 
get stricter at work. It kind of happened that way too. Uh, it, it seemed to uh, kind of be like, all right, no one has to wear a mask. And then we had to wear a mask and then we didn't. It was fine. It's optional. And then now we have to. So it's, it's, I think it's, it's slowly getting better, but um, they are putting more restrictions. Like you have to wear a mask in the grocery store mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm always just looking for that state out there that just don't do none of that stuff. That's what I'm on the hunt for right now. You know, <laughs> Georgia. Is that where I, it I is? In, I guess I, I went down there uh, a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago. Wasn't that the, yeah, the governor that made was really standing up against everything? Wasn't that Georgia? Yeah. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, I went down there fishing, and it was just free for all. No one had to do anything. Really? Like anyway. Yeah. You just yeah. walk in, have a nice sit-down meal in a restaurant, and go buy. Yep. Your- oh man. Hey, like normal life, you know, normal. It's yeah. it's funny, even people like us that don't agree with all that stuff. Well, I mean, I I guess I don't know how you feel about that, but it's funny because, you know, I was seeing something from five months ago that was. Uh, it was like a comedy deal. A guy was making fun of coronavirus when it was still over in China and it hadn't affected us yet. And people were just packed in this comedy room. I mean, and I was looking, I was like, man, nobody has masks on. Everybody's sitting right by each other. I'm like, man, I'm already <laughs> falling into this stupid. I don't wear them or nothing, but it's just like looking at what people, you know, are how it was five months ago and how it is now. It's just not even the same country you know yeah world is nuts but it's funny because i need you guys listening to this podcast let me know email me or write it on the uh itunes on the podcast show in the comments or something let me know how your guys state is with it i'm just curious if there's any states out if you have a state out there that is wide open let me know or unless you just don't want me moving there, then don't tell me. <laughs> I would be curious to see what states. I, I've heard Idaho's pretty pretty open. My buddy lives in Coeur d'Alene, and he said it's like nothing's even going on up there. So it just depends on the governor, I guess, probably, for the most part, in the city. But mm-hmm. um, let me ask you this. on What's the table fare like and the taste like on Black Ducks? Are they decent, like Mallards? or? Yeah, I think they taste great. Um uh, you couldn't. I can't really tell the difference between them and a mallard. Okay. Uh, my favorite tea is going to be a wood duck. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, oh, they're a little bit bigger, which is nice. And then because we always always pluck my ducks, um, okay. except for the divers, and uh, score them and cook them medium rare. That's my mm. favorite way to cook them. So. Talk to me now. I was going to say, what's your, give me your little recipe. I know you kind of already said how you cook it, but like, what's, how do you prepare them usually? What's your favorite way? Uh, uh, just once we pluck them, get all the pin feathers out, leave the skin on, um, score them, put salt and pepper on both sides, get a, get a pan hot. Once it's hot, add the oil. Uh, once the oil is hot, go ahead and put them skin side down where it browns. And then, uh, for just a couple minutes, once it browns, flip it over, cook that side, pop it in the oven for a couple minutes mm. to get the internal temp up. Once it's medium rare, rare to medium rare, I like mine pretty rare. Once I didn't know how to cook ducks till about probably five years ago, and then uh, everything I ate before then, I was just like, ah, I don't really like this that right. much. I was right. cooking it well done. Right. So, I mean, no one. <laughs> it's turned into have. liver, pretty much. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was shooting myself in the foot on that one, but once I started cooking that way, I was, 
Like, yep, this is the way to do it. And Game changer, huh? And just slice them thin. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That's by far my favorite. I, the only, with divers, we eat a lot of uh, poppers. Oh, yeah. 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 Or we turn ours in, yeah. like, to pepper sticks or stuff like that, because then they just mix it in with, like, pig fat or pork, uh, beef fat. And actually, yeah, that's what we do with uh, our yeast. Yeah. In fact, I got to take all my meat from last year down to our guy. I actually might do that today. Get that done because I wait till a few months after duck season, deer season's through because everybody's taking their stuff and then it takes you like three months to get your stuff back. So I just wait till that's all over. Mm-hmm. But um, so what kind of what kind of oil do you use, Patrick? I'm just curious. Uh, just regular vegetable oil or vegetable peanut oil, okay. oil or something like yeah. that. Yeah, no, nothing too fancy. We had a guy on the podcast um, last year. I want to get him on again. He just you listen to him talk. He's a chef, world world renowned. He's been on TV and wrote books, and it was really fun talking to him. But he was telling us. So you say you you really didn't learn how to cook ducks till recently. I believe it or not, I've been hunting for. I mean on and off for 20 years a lot more in the last probably 15 years but before that it was kind of on and off because of high school and stuff like that but i didn't really i so it's this is gonna be a funny story so i i shot a, a canvas back and if you do you guys shoot many canvas backs dude i wish i okay. wish i haven't even seen one here I've, really it, it, those and pintails are i've killed what we normally see one or two groups of pintails a year and they never want anything to do with us. Mm. I was able, I've killed one pintail in my life and it was a hen pintail. Um, but now I'd love to kill a bull sprig and a canvas back. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because those are two of the best eating birds too. But mm-hmm. believe it or not, because mm-hmm. I think canvas back, you know, diver, I'm like, yeah, no, he told me. So I, <laughs> this was a long time ago. This was probably 14 years ago, 13 years ago. I shot a camas back and I'm like, all right, man. I and I plucked the whole thing and gutted it and I threw it in a crock pot, which you can make a duck okay in a crock pot actually, just because it starts melting off the bone and everything. But I overcooked the dog out of that thing. It was just disgusting. And I thought, ah, oh, typical diver nasty, you know, just breast them out and throw them in some pepper sticks. But um this guy that we had on on the podcast, like I said, he's a chef, and he's like, dude, he's oh, those are the best eating duck you'll ever eat. And I go, really? He's, oh, yeah, absolutely. He goes, it kind of does depend on where they're at. Like the Midwest, I guess there used to be a lot of them before. I don't know exactly where. There still might be, but he said they would eat in the, um, oh, what did he say? I can't remember what type of fields they would eat in. There was Oh, um, uh, celery. So I guess they used to plant a celery. lot of celery. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that was kind of weird. And he said they would plant uh, celery, and they would, when they would migrate and push through, they would eat and eat that. And he goes, it would create the most amazing plate of duck you've ever had in your life. And he would cook it just like you said. So I would do pepper sticks, pepper sticks. And then until last year, we had that podcast with him, and I bought his uh, recipe book, Duck, Duck, Goose. It's on Amazon stuff. I started doing those recipes, and, and just the plain, like you said, salt and pepper in the frying pan, Pretty much medium heat, would you agree? Probably. Yeah. On the temperature. Yeah. And man, yeah, medium I, to hot. Yep. even my girls, like, you know, they'll eat the game or whatever I shoot deer or anything like that. Sarah, my wife, not so much. But my goodness, I it was so, because they love steak. 
and they thought it was steak because I what I did is I had cut a couple slices and I was eating the skin and I had walked away from the table. I came back, they ate the whole stinking thing. I was so mad. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and they were like, "This is good steak." I'm like, "That's duck," and they're like, "Oh man, it tastes really good." And it was medium rare. And man, I was a game changer. Me and Thomas just started cooking it all the time like that. So good. Yeah, that's awesome. I had a similar thing happen to me too. It was just thought they thought of the steak. It was on a it was New Year's Eve night or something like that. And yeah, people thought of the steak. I'm like, yep, little do you know. Yep. Tastes it tastes good. good. It's great. Oh yeah. Yep, it's good stuff. It's all a mind thing. A lot of people that just are like that because I mean if they've seen what goes on and in you know in a factory where they're doing chickens and stuff like that people i don't think the people <laughs> want to eat that as much as they would wild game you know mm-hmm. it's just a mind thing you're, you're not desensitized. it don't just show up in a yellow package like that you know yep. it came from somewhere so <laughs> but yeah that it, that once you once you start eating duck and enjoying it because like you said in the past it was just like uh ooh uh you know but you like it. It's like mm-hmm. it even makes it that much more fun when you shoot it and you're now you're looking, you're holding this duck out in the field and you're looking at like, oh, this is going to taste so good. It's just, yeah. it adds to the whole excitement of the hunt, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then just the whole time you're eating it, you're just like, you remember what you did. Yes. You know, that's, yeah. part of, that's part of it for me. Yep. Totally. And um, I actually, and I, this may be something you want to give a try if you have anywhere, any grocery stores that have this, but. What I've only I haven't actually cooked it in anything but duck fat. So in our store they they'll have a hmm. jar of duck fat and I think it's in the, like the maybe the Asian section of where they have all those foods in there because um I you know people don't typically use it but it's in it's real liquefied pretty much and you just dump it in there just like regular oil and then I keep it in the fridge and it ends up turning uh like white honestly right and getting like butter kind of because mm-hmm. but it. Oh my goodness! And he and again, he's the one that chef's the one that told me to do that. And I don't, I've never had any other way. But just the flavoring, like I've cooked like um, other things, other food, and that and stuff. And it's just like, wow, this is really has an incredible flavor. So you have to try it. Yeah, that's all. I have to pick some up. I still yeah. got some ducks I have to eat before this year's up with. Yeah. Well, he was telling me too. Like if you look in his book, it's cool because it's not your typical. Um, book on how just to cook duck he goes from like saving this and the feet and the and the um the bills and like certain things you can do with them then he goes into how to harvest your own duck fat which is like in the tail area and it's just really neat like it's just like using every part of the duck like you know like a lot of countries do they know how to use every bit and piece of that and it's just nice not wasting any more than you have to you know Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, we save our legs and uh, we cook our legs too, which is pretty awesome. What do you now? What do you do with them for f- seasoning or? or uh, kind of like chicken wings, honestly. Really? Yep, yep. Uh, we braise oh, them a little bit. And then, yeah, but not the actual web part. Do you eat all the way down that too? No, 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 no. Okay. Just like the yeah. No. Yeah, he was I doing something with the feet. To do that. Yeah, I don't even know. Like I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was. I'm like, what? You're using the feet for what? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. But Yeah, that'd be interesting to try. Well, man, thanks for coming on. I know you're busy and stuff and you got stuff going on. What um what anything special you got planned for this season or just hunt hard and hit it hard? Uh yeah, well, we're going to start scouting for geese. It's 
kind of a pain to pattern the geese this time of year. It's you know, one day they do this, and the next day they do the other. So, They're still in family groups, well, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we got we're uh, we're renting some heavy equipment probably next weekend, and uh, we're a little late on it this year, but trying to we're going to make it. Uh, about a half acre to three quarters of an acre um, flooded field spot adding mm. to the old yeah, duck holes. So nice. try to, we'll be posting a bunch of updates on that on Instagram and stuff. So if you're interested, check that out. But yeah, we're going to try to plant some millet where, like I said, we're behind on, on this spot, but all the other holes we have millet and corn planted already. So mm. that's cool, man. Yeah. just mm-hmm, I'm excited for it, but, yeah. Yeah, just scouting for geese and teal. You? Yeah, we're. Uh, I think we're gonna actually make the old trip. We just bought um, plane tickets. We're gonna go hunt with uh, Matt from High Prairie Sportsman there in Nebraska. So we're gonna do early teal hunt oh, with him. Sweet. Yeah, not the opening weekend, but the one after because I got to work opening weekend when theirs is. <clears throat> but we're gonna go back there and hunt um, the second weekend, which should be just as good. And so it'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we got lots of other plans. We got the Flyways Collective collab and all that good stuff out there. We're going to be hunting in the Midwest with a, a five other channels. And just we we started that last year, and it's just been really fun and getting to meet new friends from all all the Flyways. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Just to see how I mean, to actually know people in different Flyways and mm-hmm. see how their season's going and and how it works because everything's different i mean even even hunting when we travel to north carolina just the atmosphere of duck hunters down there is just completely different than than what it is up here Hmm. so it's it's cool knowing that it is it is and just making those lifelong friends because when you got guys that passionate and hardcore about duck hunting you you're just going to hit it off right away because i mean that's how we all are you're either full in duck hunting to me or you're just not into it at all it doesn't seem like there's really middle ground you know that's the truth. That's we have a lot of conversations about that. It, it's because our uh, our third season gets hit really hard by duck. Well, people who duck hunt after deer season is over with, yeah, and yeah. so it gets a lot more. I don't truly like to call. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so a lot of people who deer hunt then turn to ducks when the deer can't hunt them. But yeah, we go for them year round. Yeah, as long as we can. Anyway, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on here today, Patrick. And uh, guys, check out dcup.com and then check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You guys can keep up there. And don't forget, MVM, Mike Victor Mike 1. And put that code in. You guys will get 10% off. And you will not be disappointed with this product. And you'll save your decoys and save the life of them. And try them out. You guys will like it. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys on the next one. 